Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right. I'm Lara Storm, and welcome to episode 23 of Powerlifting and Power Ballads. And I'm Josh Rohr. What's happening? So uh, we're doing something a little bit new. We are actually live streaming this recording on our Instagram at PL Ballads Podcast. So currently we have nobody listening, but in the future, know that that's something we're going to do. So if you guys want to be a part of it and ask questions, um, comments, things like that. As we're recording, that is the avenue to do so. Um, so we will give a shout out to our newest Instagram follower uh, from last week. We got a whopping one new follower, Sharice uh, Malone. Thanks for following. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I would say too, if we want people to follow on Instagram Live, we're going to have to tell them when we actually brought um, record this thing because there's that. That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be all over the place, though, coming up because of the holidays. Norm- How about we say we'll we'll uh, post on our Instagram and Facebook when we, we are going to do, do that. that. We will do yeah. that. Little heads up. Yeah. So little meat recap. Um, the USA Powerlifting Swanee Holiday Havoc was on su- this past Sunday. Uh, James Vang competed. Um, one of our coaches, and he did really well. He went seven for nine. Um, he missed his opening bench and his third pull. His opening bench was, I talked to Sherman, um, Sherman and James a little bit, and basically what had happened was he, after after he weighed in, he, you know, basically got swole. He ate a bunch and swole up and his shirt was a little bit too tight and he, he was kind of losing feeling in his, in his arms. Uh, so they actually had to cut one of the seams out of the arm that was sewn up. Um, but anyway, in the process, timed out of his opener. So um, got the shirt, you know, loosened up a little bit and made his second attempt and then took, uh, took a five kilo jump and kind of got the shirt torqued back up to tighten it up just a little bit and hit his third bench. So that was really good. Um, now his pull and his total were just off the American record. So his, his third pull was 280 and the current American record is 277.5, which is held by Doc Holloway. So, uh, that should put it in perspective, like how legit that is. Cause Doc is a, a crazy good deadlifter in the 66 kilo class. Mm, he is. Um, and then that wow. third pull would have also, um, exceed made his total exceed the american record total by five kilos so that was uh for having it be kind of a cluster day um you know with the shirt issues and stuff like that to be five kilos off the open american record total is pretty crazy so i just want to give a shout out to james vang there and uh just say uh good job man wow i can't feel my arms that's (laughs) not a good feeling when you're in a bed shirt you can't feel your hands anymore yeah it sucks oh not fun i've only had to get actually physically cut out of a shirt once um i've been stuck in them before but was able to kind of finagle my way out of it with some help um but there's only been one time that it was on nobody could get it off and we literally had to take scissors the shirt 
really? cut the thing off. Yeah. I could see that with a squat suit yeah. or a deadlift suit, but a shirt, I just, yeah. It must just because my arms and shoulders are just so jacked. So massive. So <laughs> massive. That's no, that's, probably it. That, that's probably the actual issue is they're so, they're so skinny and bony. <laughs> you get it on there. There's no give. Cause it's just literally bone. There you go. No muscle you go. Mass at all. All right. Well, good job, James. Awesome. Wish I was there to watch. And, all, and all, full disclosure, I wasn't there either. Um, Sherman took care of him at the meet, but I was, uh, I was not there either. So can't blame you right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go into some rapid fire questions for Josh Rohr. Cause last week he put me on the spot. So this <sighs> week I'm putting him on the spot. Okay. All right. So I want you to think Josh, who are the big influencers in the sport of powerlifting? Start naming. Okay, I'm going to ask a follow-up question to this because Ooh. are you ask are you asking influencers in general or my influencers? Influencers in the sport, in, in general. The sport. Um, yeah. Okay, first the first one that comes to mind is Pete Alanis at Titan, um, because he's so supportive of all the lifters, and you know, yes, he he makes the gear like the bench shirts and everything, so he's the owner of Titan Support Systems, but just talking to him at meets and he's always willing to go out of his way to help people out. Um, and I think that's something that's lost a little bit now. Um, everybody's just trying to make a buck and, um, you know, he's definitely one of those that, you know, it's, he, he's, he's in it for the right reasons. Um, so I always am a big fan of Titan support systems and we'll support them basically till, till the day I die. Wow. There you um, go. How about more? Keep going. Um, influencers. So let, I'm going to ask another follow-up question. I know this is not how it's supposed to go. So what is your definition of influencer? Someone who increases the sport by whatever they do, increases the quality, increases how many people are there, or just increases the perception or just lends to it. Could be someone even local. All right. So I'm going to go a different direction here. Um, my influencers are people that are probably not they're not the mainstream people so one, one of mine is going to be trey cunningham um trey is the and he's actually going to be on the podcast here at uh at some point oh, coming awesome up. but trey is the one that started really putting together the the quality production live streams um that's an influence that sure is yeah and and you know nobody probably a lot of people don't know him in that capacity, I guess, because he's always just kind of behind the scenes. And the other thing people don't know is that he was actually a very, very good lifter uh, prior to getting into the live streaming. He was a multi-time um, collegiate national champion, multi-time national team member and stuff. And we'll talk more about him later, but I just think that he added such a, such a new avenue to the sport that, people were able to watch the meets and, and really have quality commentary and things like that, that he just really kind of took the lead on. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, another one. Uh, those, those are two that, that come to mind. Um, personally, I gotta, I gotta throw Sherman Ledford in there too. Um, that's, that's kind of, you know, he's helped me a lot and 
been an influence on me. I'm trying to think like, like in a big spectrum though, like Pete and Trey are the two, the first two that come to mind. Mm. I might, I might just leave it at that. And those are probably not the two that most people would say. Most people would probably say uh, people like Mark Bell or, or people with the huge Instagram following. And to me, that's not, you know, they might be the, the ones that are seen, but the ones that really made a difference, I would say, mm. I would say Trey and Pete. I think that's legit. All right. So who's the person you'd like to most have on this podcast? The person I'd like to most have on this podcast. Well, no, yeah. Most like to have on this <laughs> speaking's hard. Oh man. Um, boy. Uh, I got some names running through my head and I don't want to throw one out and then overlook the person I'd most like to have on this podcast. You have three seconds. Uh, I'll say, I'll say Ray Williams. Big Ray. Uh, Yeah. I think he's just a super cool guy. Really, really humble and doing things that are off the charts. Insane. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good answer. All right. So give me one surprise you've had during this whole COVID thing. Uh, Good surprise, bad surprise, something you didn't expect. People trying to hug me without masks. Normally, Stop trying to hug you. Normally I'm a hugger, but I'm like, man, get, get the hell away from me. What are you, crazy? <laughs> All right, so give me one positive then out of it. Uh, not seeing people. Because <laughs> when you're an introvert, you really don't care. Yeah, I'm a big time <laughs> introvert. And, uh, you know, I, I know most people aren't. But I, you know, I get, I get overstimulated being around people too often and too much. Um, so it's been, in a lot of ways, it's been kind of a decompression for me, just not being quite as around people, which makes me sound like now anybody that sees me is going to be like, oh, I don't want to talk to him because he doesn't like people. That's not true. I, I love, I love people, but Sometimes it's, it's, it gets to be a lot for me. Yeah, I understand you. Because I am also an introvert and I hate crowds. And I don't like social situations where I don't know people. And yeah, sometimes that whole thing with people gets a little exhausting. Yeah. So I understand. Uh, one daily habit that you have now that you wouldn't give up. Mm. Not the obvious sleeping or eating or breathing. <laughs> wow. One habit that I wouldn't give up post COVID, like since COVID, whenever or just yeah. whenever, just whenever. I mean, it could be something you've been doing since forever, whatever free form. Oh boy. Um, I know you're not a coffee drinker. I am now. What? Well, so I, I have been drinking coffee every day for the last couple months, believe it or not. Um, I wouldn't choose that though, because I'm trying to become a coffee drinker because it seems like the cool thing to do. I could, I could go without it, to be honest with you. Um, but I, it's I, a thing that you can't. Yeah, no. So that, that, that's not my answer. Um, man, one thing that I do every day that I couldn't do without. All right. We're getting good. Pro- pro- I know probably watching lifting videos on Instagram and YouTube. Wow. You're addicted to lifting videos. On yeah, media. I, I do. I, I spend a good amount of time watching 
watching hmm. watching lifting videos and stuff to stalk people uh you know just because it's interesting just because it's interesting to me um lately i've been actually seeing a lot of different coaches posting more content probably because of covid stuff um you know people have more time to to generate content so i've been enjoying listening to other coaches and getting their perspective um some i agree with some i don't but it's you know it's still interesting mm -hmm. to get everybody's perspective and you know hear the reasons why they do stuff so all right last question how many questions we've been like no, no. This is the last question. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about um, your pet peeves being uh, if there's a bar that's left loaded, you hate that. What's another pet peeve it. other than that? Uh, yeah. Bar being left loaded is the first one. Um, uh, people putting the people putting the plates back in the wrong plate place. So at Quest, we have this is my number two pet peeve probably. So at, at Quest, we have special gold plates. They're a little bit smaller in diameter um, that we put over top of bumper plates so that we don't need a deadlift jack. They're like, but they're still 45 pound plates. And we have a special rack for those. So all the gold plates go on, a, on that rack. But every now and then somebody will mix them in with the regular 45s. And then they're just like all over the place. And they that just- They didn't. They did. They do. And I just, that, that irks me. Um, are we talking pet peeves in general or just like lifting pet peeves? Powerlifting pet peeves. Yeah, that, that's, that's a big one for me. Um, yeah, that's a big one for me is, is not putting the weights back. Um, trying to think in a broader, a broader perspective, uh, a pet peeve of mine, even though it has nothing to do with me necessarily is watching people with the last deadlift pull their third deadlift fairly easy only to be two and a half kilos short of what they needed to move up a placing. I just think that's the stupidest thing in the world to do. Um, and it just drives me crazy. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, it had it, to go nine for nine for sure. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. just bump it up two and a half kilos and actually, you know, go put, put something on the bar that, that has a, is going to affect the outcome of the meat. Like, make it you know challenge the next person or whatever so that's that's a pet peeve of mine but you know it's kind of an internal one that i am now telling everybody i guess uh but because you know it doesn't necessarily affect anything we do it's just watching other people do it and i don't know if they just don't know that they're that close to moving up a placing or you know the coach isn't paying attention or or what but that just kind of irks me and i think it's just I don't know why it just bothers me. It's tragic. Yeah. Tragic. I think the thing that irks me, not that you asked, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, when people are like, Oh man, it hurts when I do, I, it hurts when I deadlift. Like, okay, really? Does it hurt you when you deadlift? So when you start with just 95 pounds, does that hurt? Oh no, I'm fine there. It's just when I get up over 300. Right. Well, so, so of course go over 300 and, your capacity is. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure whatever, yeah, that's a good one too. I'm sure, I'm sure that the, uh, that the, the, my words are also eluding me. I'm sure that going over 300 is something that they typically will do. 
because they think they have to lift heavy and they're always, you know, hurting themselves and most likely changing their technique because it hurts, probably regressing and making their technique even worse of developing, you know, bad habits or whatever too. So yeah, that's a good one. And and I'm not trying to call out anybody specifically. So I know this one person is going to be listening to this podcast and she's going to think that I'm calling her out specifically and I'm not, that's not what I was doing. What's her name? um, It would be Amy Pancake. <laughs> so, um, Amy was talking to me about this week about um, how she, how it always hurts when she did um, does RDLs, and I was thinking about how some people are always like, "Oh, it always hurts when I do this," and then you know you back off the weight, and it doesn't hurt when you do that. So I had asked her some questions, and that wasn't the case with her. It was just like you know, just always. Um, it just made me think of that situation. So, Amy, I'm not calling on you. Well, you are. I, so, famous. so I I said, "Hey, who you? What's her name?" Assuming you weren't going to actually answer it, but you did. That's fine. <laughs> Amy, I'm not calling you out. Um, but I, I, you know, as a coach or a former coach, I don't know what I am now anymore. Um, <laughs> who am I? <laughs> um, you know, I would just, I would hear people say, oh, it always hurts when I squat. Oh, it always hurts when I do this. Oh, it always hurts when I do that. Well, does it really always hurt? Or are you always trying to go beyond your capacity? Are you always trying to work past where you should be? Um, are you being smart about training or are you training with your ego? I would say 90% of people train with their ego. I would agree. And I, I think that's also what gets people hurt and, you know, gets them bitching about, Oh, I'm always hurt. And I, I say Why? disclaimer on that. I think it's a good thing to train with your ego at times because you do need to be able to push yourself. But when your ego starts dictating smartness Mm, yes then i I think you could step back from yourself a little bit and pull something out of you still without having your ego be drawn in it's it doesn't have to be tied to your identity and your self-worth and yeah all of that um i also have to give a disclaimer because i had a couple people um last week call me out on kenny Loggins being good for deadlifting (laughs) and um (laughs) specifically Ben Green, um, sent me a video and posted on Instagram saying that, you know, he put the song on for the first time. He was ready for doing an AMRAP set during training with deadlifts with a suit on and um, was like not feeling it. And I I was like, well, Ben, it it wasn't for training. It was for meat day. It's for one lift, one, the third one. Not everybody can handle it. Not everyone can handle Kenny Loggins. You know, it's It's not it's not for everybody. It's a great song. I'm sorry. And yeah. Amy agreed with me. So yeah, I mean, I agree sticking with, you. with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's all that matters really. I'm not <laughs> apologizing for it. Trust me. And you shouldn't. Damn it. I'm not. All right. So we're going to move on to our powerlifting situation of the week. Ba-dum-bum. So you need some last minute Christmas ideas while well, talking. It's hard. You have powerlifting friends and they need presents and you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, and it's the 17th or 18th. Oh my gosh, you need to get on it. What are you going to buy? So uh, I was thinking about this a little bit. Um, you know, the whole thing, if you're naughty, you get lumps of coal in your stocking. So I think that I'm going to go with the powerlifting equivalent of lumps of coal would be crushed up chalk. Oh, not just not a chalk block just take a chalk block and just break it a few times and then put it in exactly loose into their stocking so that would be if it's somebody that's really kind of pissed you off uh, over the year um but some actual 
actual good gifts, I think. Um, chalk is always a good gift, if actual blocks of chalk, I think. Um, to me, that's like gold. You always want to have a good block of chalk. Um, yeah. Uh, wrist wraps. You know, I would just say gift certificates would be probably the best thing because you don't necessarily know what, what the person needs. Gift certificates for places like lame, like Titan or Quest. Yeah. Not, not like gift certificate. Like here's another Amazon card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, I, I don't know. I don't. Most power lifters are going to buy what they want, I think. So, I don't know. Maybe get, maybe make those things like, you know, how you do like the homemade things where it's like free back rub or whatever you give to your husband or wife. Maybe you can make something like that for your buddy. Like, we'll stay late to spot you one night of your oh, choice or, or something like that. Powerlifting coupons. Exactly. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh. Um, I always think long socks are a good one because yeah. I love colorful different long socks for deadlifting. And even in training, I tell people wear long socks because that's just silly not to. And um, you can get them at Dick's uh, on the internet. There's so many sock sites. You can Teamroar.com has Teamroar.com. In three colors. No way. How? What colors are they, Josh? Um, oh, black, black, no, I do. Uh, I was trying to think of the sock color and the lettering color, and that I don't know, but the socks are black, red, and pink. Ah, and I knew but that too. The, the, le- the lettering, I don't know. I don't know. Can you tell the difference between black, red, and pink? I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're in, they're in different boxes labeled, labeled black, <laughs> black, red, and pink. <laughs> wow, thank God they're labeled. I know, right? All righty, we're going to move on to the new lifter tip. All righty. What's your tip of the week, Josh? All right, so this one is usually kind of not thought about with newer lifters because they're not thinking on the bigger scale, but um, our tip is to buy IPF-approved equipment. Um, It's not required at local meets. Um, but IPF approved equipment is required at nationals or worlds. And typically if you buy IPF approved equipment, it's going to last pretty much forever. So, you know, a lot of people will just buy something, the cheapest thing out there to lift locally. Then they, you know, are a year or two into it, qualify for nationals and have to buy gear again. And, and a lot of times the IPF stuff is more expensive, but it's better quality and it's going to last Uh, forever and you're allowed to wear it at all the meets so our our suggestion is when you start just buy buy it approved straight off the bat that way you only have to buy it once i agree um there's a saying that my uh my husband has that he got from his father you go to the register cry cry once go to the cash register cry once instead of going to the cash register multiple times and crying Exactly. Because then you're going to have, you know, that original set of stuff you bought that's probably still in good shape, but you know, you don't, you, you now have a newer set. So what are you going to, what are you going to do with the old set? Sell, sell, sell used uh, singlet. I mean, you could. It happens, I guess. You see all sorts of things going up on Facebook buy, sell trade. Yeah, that's true. Like here's my sports bra. Really? Yeah. That's weird to me. 
But there you go. Yeah. I'm sure Jeremy Hartman buys all that stuff up because sports pros. No, well, <laughs> maybe that too. <laughs> but he's he always when we were still competing, uh, he used to always forget his stuff. Like I don't know how many meets we were at where like I lifted you know the day before him because he's bigger than me, and he'd be like getting ready to go weigh in. He's like, "Hey man, do you still got your deadlift socks you wore yesterday? Can I borrow those?" <laughs> like, sure, man. <laughs> you need my underwear too? I mean, what what's going on here? And look, it's Dan Sturm. Hey, Stan Sturm. And he just made a cameo and left. There you go. Gotcha. And he smells like pine trees. Awesome. There you go. Uh, walking All air right. freshener. Walking air freshener. It's amazing. All right. So, Josh, we're going to go into a new segment called Josh's Meat Songs. Not to be confused with Josh's training songs. Correct. Meat songs. So, here we are at squat one. What's on your headphones? All right, so I, I typically have a option A and option B for each attempt. And it's not really that detailed, but it's more of a so, – so you got to look at this from a, a holistic view here, right? So opening squat, you don't need to be going crazy out of your mind. You just need to be kind of, you know, into it. The opener should be pretty much, you know, a slam dunk. So you don't want to be listening to, like, your most hyped song at this point. Most people are probably already nervous and whatnot with their opener. So, uh, so my giving the the brief preview of my overall philosophy here is you want to you know start you know if we if we're talking about a scale of one to ten you want to be at about at a two or a three hype wise on your on your opening squat move into about a seven on your second and then you want to be about a ten on your third then when you go into your opening bench you know probably a one. Second bench, maybe one and a half. Third bench, maybe maybe up to a two. That's a little bit sarcastic. Um, that's a that's a joke about bench pressing. And then when you <laughs> and then when you go back to when you get around to deadlift, you want to be at about a you know usually like a five or a six on your opener, seven or eight on your second, and then a ten again on your third. So so uh, anyway, long long winded answer to your question here. So my songs for squat one is usually between Garth Brooks' Rodeo, which is a country song, and Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. And the reason is, I, I don't know, something about Rodeo with Garth Brooks kind of just keeps me like even keel. So if I'm like already really into it and feeling the vibes, like that'll just keep me level all the way through the opening attempt. Like, so it'll literally, literally be on repeat for me, like, from my last couple warm-ups all the way through my opening attempt. So I just listen to that over and over. Now, if for some reason I'm not really feeling it and I need a little bit more of a bump, then I'd turn on Bruce Springsteen. Born there in you the go. West. It's, I, it's I wouldn't have seen science. that. Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh that's my squat one. We're gonna we're gonna wait till next week to go into squat two song selections, but that's uh that's the two for me. There you go weird uh, i was i thought you maybe you were going to say kenny loggins once you said you know a low keel well, there's some yeah but kenny loggins isn't low keel i know right see kenny, kenny loggins is like hype that, song that that nine or ten we were just talking about right <laughs> perception perception cool all right well uh we, did we get anybody following us live uh we had cindy joining us 
Cindy up in Wisconsin. Hello, Cindy. She's not watching. She's not watching anymore. Oh, <laughs> we bored her. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll do a better job next time. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do better. Uh, so if you are listening, don't forget do follow us on Instagram at PL Ballads Podcast. We will be live streaming our recordings on Instagram going forward. We'll make those announcements ahead of time so you know. So if you guys want to jump on, ask your questions, leave your comments, give us feedback in real time, that is the avenue to do so. Um, if you have any questions, you want to email us comments, you can email them to us at plballadspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I guess we will see you next week, Christmas Day. Woohoo! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bye, Bye now. now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.